0: The story you were about to hear is true. Attention, all true. She's alive. I've gotten into conversations with people who have never really lived through the high point of arcade culture, what it was like when video games first started coming out, and I don't think it's very difficult for people to understand that. All you have to do is take a screen away from a young person or a child and watch them completely melt down and freak out. That is exactly what it was like when arcades started showing up. Suddenly, it wasn't enough to go to the mall. We had to go to the mall with the arcade. We couldn't just go to get pizza. We had to get pizza at the place that had video games in it. Supermarkets, laundromats, wherever there was an arcade machine, that is exactly where I wanted to be. I would also look for arcade machines. And when I found them, nothing else mattered. My family took a trip to Florida. It was one of our first vacations that I remember. We saved up for two years to go. We stayed at a hotel with a built-in swimming pool, and it had a slide and a diving board, and I was so thrilled. I would swim in all day, and they had lights on at night, and I would swim all night. Then the next day, I was walking past a laundry room and found out that they had video games there as well. And I don't even know if I ever went in the pool again. I just kept trying to find quarters. It was new technology, and it was very exciting. One of the games that was actually at that hotel was Moon Patrol, a game that I am terrible at but I pumped quarter after quarter into it because it was there, and I thought I could get better. And I probably put eight dollars over the course of the time I was there into that game, and I don't think I got any better. Sad. But still, I have great memories around it, and the sound and look of arcade machines fills me with happiness, because they remind me of better times. They remind me of this thrill So even today, when I spot them, I can't help but smile. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about Moon Patrol. We'll talk about the people who created the game. We'll talk about some gameplay, scoring. I'll try to touch on the technical aspects of the game, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. I'd like to start Moon Patrol with a reading from the Atari manual for Moon Patrol. As a moon buggy driver, your objective is to travel across the surface of the moon as quickly as you can. While you progress on your journey, you'll encounter huge craters, exploding landmines, and moon rocks on the lunar surface. To make your journey even more challenging, your moon buggy comes under missile fire from alien UFOs, some of which can create even more craters. Push your joystick up to jump over craters, landmines, and other obstacles. Time your jumps carefully. poorly timed jump will cause your moon buggy to crash. Push your joystick right to increase the speed of your moon buggy. Push the joystick left to slow it down. Press the red fire button to shoot your laser guns. When an enemy car appears from behind, use your jumping skill to jump over it, then blast it away when it's in front of you. When you encounter an enemy tank, jump over it and its bullets, or simply destroy it for maximum points. They actually had a couple of good ads when they released this game on Atari that would have made a really good comic book, and they're sort of in comic book form, where the Apollo astronauts land on the moon and the Moon Patrol is already there. I'll post some of those ads on the site and on Facebook. They're really kind of cool. Moon Patrol was released in 1982 by the Japanese company IREM. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Odds are, I am not. It was licensed to Williams which I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing right, for distribution in North America. It was one of the two early games that had parallax scrolling in it. If you're wondering, what's parallax scrolling? In parallax scrolling, which is also known as asymmetrical scrolling, the background and foreground terrain scroll at different rates, which gives the illusion of depth and adds an element of immersion. Arem is a video game developer and publisher, formerly maker of arcade games. Arem is probably best known for three games, Moon Patrol, Kung Fu Master, and R-Type. While those games were very popular in North America, Arem also had some hits in Japan. Arcade games like In the Hunt and Photo Boy for the PC Engine. Arem is primarily focused on slot machine and pachinko games right now. And the people who had been working there at Arem in video games left the company to form a new company called Granzella in order to continue to make video games. Williams, which distributed the game in North America, got into the video game market in 1972 after seeing the success of Pong, and their first arcade game was called Paddleball. Williams' first big breakthrough game was 1980's Defender, which would influence many games. Really cool colors, the horizontal scrolling. In fact, they would make a sequel in 1981, Stargate. And while those were two great games, they also had maybe one of my favorite games, Joust, as well as Robotron and Sinistar. Will return after these messages. The Defender sees lots of alien ships. The Defender sees lots of radar blips. Every blip is a ship. Watch this, I got this guy. On a body snatching trip. And it's up to Defender to save them. Defender, a great Atari game. Have you played Defender? It's the newest of the smash hit home video games that just keep coming. Only from Atari. She's be better than me. Have you played Atari today? And now, back to the show. In 1983, Williams was working on a Laserdisc game because Dragon's Lair was huge. And it was a hybrid racing game called Star Rider. And they pumped a lot of money into that game. It's considered one of these great stories of hubris and investment in technology that just goes out of control. Moon Patrol was designed by Takashi Nishiyama. He started his career at a REM, worked on Kung Fu Master and Moon Patrol. He was also the co-director of the first Street Fighter game in 1987, when he worked at Capcom. If he did nothing else, one of his greatest claims to fame is that he created the special moves for Ryu, the Hadouken. Hidoken, Which is a legendary video game thing, and makes him fairly legendary as well. Hadoken. Gameplay, which you heard at the beginning of the show, is pretty simple. You take the role of a Luna City police officer. You're assigned to Sector 9, which is the toughest area of the galaxy and you drive your moon buggy across the surface of the moon, going from left to right. You can't stop, but you can slow down, and you encounter craters and obstacles and enemies who try to kill you. You know a little bit about the gameplay of Moon Patrol. The game also has checkpoints, 26, which correspond to the letters of the English alphabet. As you move across those, five of those are major checkpoints that create a new stage with a new background and theme and it'll often introduce something more difficult, and those are at E, J, O, T, and Z. There are lots of ways to score points in this game, but most of them have to do with how you either jump or shoot, and then there's also points for how much time you have left when you get to the next checkpoint. You get 100 points per second under the average time. So you both want to be fast at clearing the board, but not too fast that you miss anything that you might want to destroy Jumping is just something you have to do, so that's incidentally going to score you points. Now, I'm not very good. I've been trying to play the game a lot for this show, mostly on MAME on my computer. And one thing I've tried to learn, and I've heard this is good, is when you're trying to hit those UFOs, which for me are very difficult, it helps to jump because you shrink the distance between you and the UFO, which makes it harder for the UFO, but it also makes it harder for you because then you got to time those two things. But if you do it enough, it starts to get a little easier learn the course and don't rush because this game is almost completely about timing so if you're going to get to the checkpoints way in the distance you got to get good at figuring out when do i shoot something will i have time to jump after that if you could take your time playing the game and mastering that i think you'll get a lot better The the game uses a z80 microprocessor and a 6803 microprocessor for audio it uses two AY38910 PSGs and an MSM5205. The resolution is 340 by 252. It is a two-player possible game where players can alternately play. The game has a joystick that moves left and right. It has two buttons, one to fire and one to jump. The sound is mono. The game came in three cabinet styles. The upright standard, a cocktail, and the Japanese candy style and technical overview. The game is not without its glitches. Bombs that are dropped into pits explode on the surface instead of going down into the pits. If you shoot an alien as it falls, it will remain on the screen with its point total. The hit zone for the game is a bit weird. So sometimes you'll appear to hit something, but it really wasn't there and vice versa. Sometimes you will just shoot and then something will get destroyed. So you take your victories where you can. Same thing will happen when they're shooting at you. return after these messages This token can unlock a fantasy you'll never forget With this token you can live a dream and be what you want to be in the game room at Connecticut Golfland With the drop of this token, you can travel the universe, race the Grand Prix, or play for the New York Yankees. You can live out your fantasies in the game room at Connecticut Golf Land. A cup of tokens can provide you with hours of fun and excitement. Live out your fantasies at Connecticut Golf Land, Route 83, Vernon. And now, back to the show. If you've been to an arcade and you play Moon Patrol, this is probably very familiar to you. That is the music to Moon Patrol, such good stuff. They released the Moon Patrol song as part of a soundtrack album in 1988 by Alpha Records. It was released mostly in Japan, some people have posted bits of it online. There's some really cool music in it, music from R-Type, Moon Patrol, Load Runner, a couple other games. If you go to the arcade, Moon Patrol has a pretty good attract mode, and what makes it particularly unique is that it's its own unique course which is actually different from the game that you will play. It's always the same, and it always ends, so we don't get to see the full course, but it's kind of cool that they built this beginner course just for the attract mode. Mm -hmm. Moon Patrol had a lot of great ports. Atari 2600, 5200, ST, Commodores, VIC-20, 64, the Apple II, and many of these were published under Atari's Atari soft label. Unfortunately, ports were not made for two Pretty major systems at the time, the ZX Spectrum and the ColecoVision. There is, if you're out there looking, a bootleg version. What's kind of cool about early arcade games are these bootlegs, and this one was called Moon Ranger. I don't think I ever played Moon Ranger. I'd like to think I did. There were also some clones, especially for computers and video game systems at home. TRS-80s, Desert Patrol, Atari 2600s, Gas Hog and Moon Buggy for the Commodore 64, just to name a few. The engine and gameplay for the game was used in another video game called BC's Quest for Tires. And BC's Quest for Tires is based off the comic strip BC. In it, you're Thor, a caveman traveling up a mountain, and through caves on your unicycle trying to avoid obstacles to reach the top of the mountain. Now this is odd, because BC is a popular enough comic strip But it has two video games associated with it and the thing is both of those video games are actually pretty good quest for tires it works i mean it's moon patrol but then there's a second bc game bc2 grog's revenge which was put out by sierra online and it's better than the quest for tires which is a real surprise and if you don't have original hardware a commodore The Internet Archive has posted a lot of old video games. You can go over there and play it and check it out. It's surprisingly good. I don't have anything against BC. I am just surprised that they have two pretty decent video games for a comic strip. I don't think there's any other comic strip that can claim that. Although I would probably play a Wizard of Id tower defense game. We'll return after these messages. They love it on Nebula! They're wild about it on Taurinus! Even on Motus, where they don't like anything at all, they eat it up! It's Atari's Moon Patrol, the action-packed video game. Breaks your moon buggy over enormous craters. Blast attacking saucers, and zap moon rocks. But you'd better watch out. Play Moon Patrol! It's more fun than a barrel of drone mix. You from Atari. And now, back to the show. The game is fairly well-received. If you look online, there's reviews from the 80s on it and all of them are pretty high and all the ports of it are universally well-received. It's a pretty straightforward game and it really worked well for me on the Atari 2600. Although, it did take a while to get used to the jumping. It was still very playable right away. That's really a strength of an early game its ability to find homes on these different systems with their different capabilities and still be fun. It would show up in two films that I can think of. It was, of course, in Joysticks, the 1983 arcade comedy, but it also shows up in 1984's The Karate Kid. The high score and world record for Moon Patrol was set by Tom Votava in 2010. He got a score of 1,414,660. And Tom has quite a lot of world records, 103. But Moon Patrol... That's a really impressive score. I think I get about a thousandth of that score when I play. So, Tom is very impressive. Moon Patrol is an amazing game that is very well thought of, but it's not one that spawned a lot of pop-cultural references. It is well-remembered, but we don't see a big revival of it. So, if you have the opportunity to play the original hardware, you go to an arcade, or if you see it somewhere, take a minute to appreciate the game itself. The colors, the art on the side, it's a beautiful game especially if it's in good condition. And for a while, it was a beacon to anyone who loved video games. You could hear it and see it from yards away and you were instantly drawn to it. And rightfully so, it was a lot of fun then and it still holds up today. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist and facebook.com slash retroist.com. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. i want to play a wizard of id strategy game or a Hagar the horrible brawler or a funky winker bean dating simulator something this has been a retrous production goodbye